Are our neighbors having a party? I think so. I don't know if you can hear that. And they didn't invite us? Wow. Rude. I'm going to have to bleep that out. Welcome back to the Bug in a Rug podcast. As always, my name's Caitlin. As usual, I'm Whitney. And today... And tonight, in the center ring, standing at seven feet tall, measuring in with a walking wingspan of 12 feet, hailing all the way from Point Pleasant, West Virginia, the legend, the myth, the moth... Mothman! Do you smell what What? the Mothman is cooking? Can you smell it? (laughs) Flamethrower, flamethrower, flamethrower. Flap, 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 flap. I don't watch WWE. Maybe there's some confetti. (laughs) Uh, Confetti guns. Yeah. (laughs) Confetti rains down. Spotlights everywhere. Spotlights everywhere, causing seizures around the globe. Epilepsy. (laughs) Welcome. And tonight, we are celebrating our 50th episode. Yes, we are. With a dusty one. A dusty one. A a dusty, well. A dusty boy. Well. His wings. Moth dust? Well, I was more going boy. Do we know? A dusty bean. Um. <laughs> okay. Don't moths have, like, dusty wings? Yes, I wasn't questioning the dustiness. Oh, B-E-A-N. I was questioning the gender that you chose. Bean. Why is he Mothman? The moth bean. The moth bean. B-E-A-N. Moth bean. Yes, it's our 50th episode, and we have decided to share and celebrate with you... By telling you the tale of the one, the only, Mothman. Together. We're going to do it together. We are going to do it together. Through the power of teamwork and love. We're going to read every other word. (laughs) I? (laughs) Oh, we were doing it? (laughs) (laughs) One more, one more time. One more time. I? Love. The? Mothman. Eight. (laughs) Is it one word? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, with that fabulous intro, would mm-hmm. you like me to um, kick it up another notch with a nice poem? Yeah, let's go. Pick a poem one or two. Three. I don't have a third one. I choose door number three. Okay, I... Is that the zoink? The what? Is that, what are they called in? Like a let's whammy? Let's make a deal? Sometimes, yeah, 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 zoink, zoink. Is that the zoinks? Yeah. I was thinking, like, no way. I think one of the Zoinks, it was like, you you picked the door with the goat. And I was like, how is that a bad thing? (laughs) They don't actually get the goat. Uh, Let's let's spice it up. Let's go poem number two. Poem number two. This poem is called Like Mothman by Ray Sharp. It's a short night in mid-June when you see both last and first light through the windshield, but a good one when you don't hit a deer. 
On the all-night radio, they said maybe Mothman appeared in West Virginia for just that brief period in 1967 when the Earth energy was right. That's how it was with you and me. The night was short. You froze in the headlights and turned tail and bounded away. Flicked your dusty wings and disappeared. <laughs> I always made it all I'm shook. It was powerful. I was not... At first, I was like... I mean, I did not expect, like, him to mention how often someone could hit a deer <laughs> in West Virginia and the good, surrounding areas, I'm sure. It's a good June night if you don't hit a deer. If it's a good June night if you don't hit a deer. That's what you're really worried about when your, friend, when your friends leave your home and they're mm-hmm. going back to their house. When you say, be safe, let me know when you get home. Because you don't want them to hit a deer. For the deer's sake, For the, Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Also, he brought that back, or the she, I forget the author's name. Ray Sharp? Ray Sharp. No one really knows. Brought it back real quickly to, we, it's like those love, the <laughs> misconnections. Yeah. Me, driving my car late at night in June on a windy road in West Virginia. You, moth. <laughs> leaving. Leaving. In the headlights. In the headlights. Frozen. Apparently their um, significant other has wings. I like it. Chill, chill, chill. I like it. Okay, poem number one. Poem number one. I don't know what this is called, honestly. Okay. Um, but it was part of the Modern Myths Scholarship Poetry Slam, which is now closed. What? But this poem was submitted on the 8th of August. Nope. The 18th of August in 2019 at 1526. Oh, you mean it's closest and closed for submissions, or they don't do it anymore? Closed for submissions. Okay. Uh, so... A love beam sent this in to the Poetry Slam. Cool. His incandescent eyes, while striking fear into many hearts, fulfills joy within mine. They're as warm as I've seen. Today, his dark abyss of a codis adorned with color. He once hid beneath it, as West Virginia was fearful. But times have changed since then. We can stay together, unabashedly, in broad daylight, the Mothman and I. And now I do think that this was a nod to the... I think it might be called Mothman Said Gay Rights. But that might <laughs> I mean, he did. have just been a caption next to it. I'm not entirely okay, sure. Okay, okay. But I do believe this is a nod to the goth... To the goth man. <laughs> That's a whole nother story. <laughs> that we're not ready for. To the Mothman as a um, gay rights activist. I think anybody would want to date Mothman. Yes. And I think yeah. Mothman would be open to dating anybody. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I think so. I'd say that their sexuality is probably pretty fluid. I don't want to assume anything, Mm-mm. but... Yeah, I agree. They're pretty gender fluid, I would say. I know that their names are Mothman, but... The statue doesn't have a... Does it? Mm. <laughs> a what? <laughs> say it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Vampire. <laughs> so also, have I'm not gonna lie. That poem did kind of remind me of like Twilight, where he's like, "I can't go in the sunlight, but for you, I will." Sparkle, sparkle, sparkle. I don't think he says for you, I will, but I know what you're saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Back to the matter at hand. Back to the matter at hand. Mothman. Mothman. Do 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 do. I said Mothman. Da 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 da. I said Mothman. And we can't deny he is hot. Dun, 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 dun. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. So I will be taking over the story for a little bit. 
from here. Thank goodness. I have briefly placed a general description, although you hit on some main points. For anyone who does not know who Mothman is, Mothman stands between six and seven feet tall. He has the body of a muscular man. The statue shows that he does have buns of steel, but he also has a 10 to 15 foot wingspan of wings that you would describe as a moth. I took some liberties with the description in my <laughs> intro based on the measurements you You did averages. I get it. I get it. Mothman is usually described as having grayish brown feathery skin and he has piercing deep red eyes that have been known to hypnotize individuals into a trance-like state. You cannot outrun him. And even if you get in your vehicle, you cannot outrun him because Mothman is known to fly up to speeds of 100 miles per hour. Why would you want to outrun him? I don't know. He's just trying to give hugs. He's trying to, I mean, yeah, nobody... Nobody asked. Nobody asked. So, you could be right. So now that we have a general description of the Mothman, I have laid out a timeline of when Mothman sightings first began. Now, I have a lot on here, and I will tell you when I get to ones that caught the most attention, I guess you could say. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So, in August of 1966, Lawrence Gray was driving to his home on Jefferson Avenue in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, one evening after he finished attending church. When he pulled into the driveway, he felt as if there was someone in his home. He searched every corner, but could not find anything unusual besides the fact that his basement door was unlocked. But he kind of chalked that up to, oh, maybe we unlocked it when we left. Didn't think about it. I couldn't find anything. We're fine. Mm -hmm. So then him and his wife went to sleep around 10.30 p.m. At 3 a.m., Lawrence awoke and found himself drawn to his window. So he had this feeling like, I should go look out my window like somebody's there something's there i need to go see what it is Hmm. what he saw was a quote six foot tall glowing figure with deep eyes and large wings standing with its shoulders arched and its head tilted lawrence went on to describe the figure as being quote lunar in coloration or like a dirty gray and white Mm -hmm. so like the moon sure 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 He was convinced that he was looking at the devil, and he began to pray. And after about 45 seconds, the creature vanished. Did they make eye contact? Yes. I'm pretty sure he was, like, we were, like, staring at each other. No, I'm picturing this, like, arch, like, hunched shoulders and tilted head. Like, oh, shoot, I'm caught. Uh, Maybe. Like, everybody freeze. Yeah, or maybe it's, like, like, "Ah." Or he puts his shoulders up and he tilts his head, like, you want to go? Or like, you want to fight? Who dis? Who dis? <laughs> who dis? <laughs> who dis? <laughs> okay, so on November 1st, 1966, a National Guardsman claimed to have seen a large brown humanoid figure perched on the limb of a tree at the armory near Camp Conley Road in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Interesting. Short description. That's pretty much all he would say about it. November 2nd, 1966, so the next day, Woodrow Derenberger was driving from Marietta, Ohio to Mineral Wells, West Virginia as he entered the intersection of Interstate 77 and Route 47 at approximately 7.25 p.m. At this time, a dark gray craft that was roughly 30 to 35 feet wide 
and 10 inches off the ground swerved in front of him. Darren Berger was forced to come to a screeching halt, but luckily was unharmed. A figure who appeared to be a normal human being then stepped out of the craft and approached Darren Berger's truck. The figure was roughly 35 to 40 years old, according to Darren Berger's guess. He was tan with brown hair that was combed back and had on a dark blue zipped overcoat made of reflective material. They briefly spoke telepathically, and Darren Berger learned that the figure's name was, quote, Cold, capital C. He was a, quote, searcher, and cities like Parkersburg are called gatherings, according to this being. Hmm. After a few minutes, Cold returned to the craft, and it flew off into the sky. How old did you say? 35 to 40 years old. Yeah, but can we really tell in moth years? No, you can't tell in moth years. No wings, though. Mm. Remember, no wings. You can't have them out all the time. Well, yeah, that's true. They were invisible. They were at the dry cleaners? (laughs) Wait. (laughs) They strap on? (laughs) No, it's more like a, it's like a Velcro system. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. So, the next uh, occurrence happens on november 12th 1966 now this is considered the first sighting of the mothman because i think it became the most popular and i also think that maybe some of the stories before this they did not really come out until after this person told Mm. their story this is the first like noon major story Mm -hmm. right so, on November 12th, 1966, Kenneth Duncan, Robert Bob Lovejoy, Alan Michigan, William Bill Poole, and Andrew Godby were digging a grave in a cemetery near Clendenin, West Virginia, when Kenneth claimed to see a man-like creature flying out from nearby trees. Like, flying out of the woods nearby. Mm-hmm. Not, like, directly over top of them, but he just saw him, like, off in the distance. Were they digging a grave because that's their job? Yes. Or were they digging a grave for their own no, 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 no. It, well, mob-like purposes? I don't... It was for one of them's father-in-law, so I do not know the specifics on that. Oh. So, Kenneth Duncan described this creature as being brown and was a humanoid, but it had giant wings. Hmm. Sounds okay. like our boy. Sounds like our boy. Our bean. Our bean. Our be- yes. Our beautiful bean. Beautiful bean footage. Roll that beautiful bean footage. So this is also, the next two stories are also some of the most well-known. Now, the next one, I don't really understand why, but we'll get there. So on November 14th, 1966, Merle, or Newell P- Partridge... His television suddenly blew out and began making a high-pitched sound around 10.30 p.m. as he was relaxing in his home in Salem, West Virginia. At the same time, his dog Bandit began barking at the barn that was next to his home. When Partridge looked to where the dog was barking, he saw red circular intermittent lights that were rotating in the distance. When he began to approach the barn, Bandit ran off towards the fields like behind his house and the dog never returned 
A week after this occurrence, a man knocked on his door asking if Partridge had seen his son. The man had seen a large, fast-moving object with flashing lights on the main road in the area, which caused him to swerve into a ditch. And then somewhere along the way, he lost his son. I don't really know. But anyway, Partridge towed the man's car and they found his son about 200 yards away from where the car and Partridge's home was. The boy had no recollection of what had happened. Oh. Oh, boy. Yeah. So it wasn't like the boy was like, I got out of my car because I was scared or confused or whatever. How old was he? Do we know? I don't know. I don't. I think he was like elementary school-ish. Hmm. Interesting. I don't think he was like, I want to say he was like 10, but I could be wrong. It's not like a teenager. No, 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 no. It was like a younger-ish, but it wasn't like a baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So, on November 15th, 1966, so the next day, Linda Scarberry, Roger Scarberry, Steve Mallett, and Mary Mallett were joyriding near a hangout spot just north of Point Pleasant, West Virginia, known as the TNT area. TNT, like capital T, capital N, capital T. Dynamite. Yes. Dynamite. Dynamite. As they were talking, one of them pointed out a figure standing near the abandoned North Power Plant. North Power Plant. I think that was its name. Capital N, capital P, capital P. Hmm. They would later describe this figure as being a gray, man-like figure between six to seven feet tall with folded wings behind its back. They also stated that the creature had circular, fiery red eyes. They were startled by the creature, so they began to quickly drive along Route 62, so like past the power plant. Like they just kind of got out of there. Yeah. The creature followed them after spreading its 10-foot wings and gliding down from the power plant. The couples claimed to have been going approximately 100 miles per hour, but this was not quick enough to shake off their pursuer. As they entered Point Pleasant, the figure veered off into a field next to the road. So this is where I'm, I do not agree. But in order to make sure that they were not having a group hallucination, the couples went back out of town on the same road to see if they could catch another glimpse of the being. Hmm. Not too far out of town, they discovered a dead dog on the side of the road, which was later thought to possibly be Bandit. Oh, sad. From the previous story, but that was never confirmed. As they slowed to inspect the scene, the figure ran from one side of the road, jumped over the car, and went into the field on the opposite side of the road. Now, they stated while it Parkour. flew... Well, well, yeah. They said while it flew, like, very gracefully and very quickly... That it was actually kind of clumsy when it was trying to run towards their car. I was trying to show off and it got overly cocky. It tried to do like a hood slide. Yeah, probably. And it just didn't work out. Did he yell parkour? Yeah, I mean, that's not quoted, but I'm sure. (laughs) Telepathically. Telepathically, of course. Parkour. So after this happened, they raced back to the local Tiny's Diner and contacted the police so Deputy Millard Halstead turned up nothing in his investigation of the TNT area. So he went out there and he couldn't find anything. So others began reporting sightings of red eyes and strange shadows in the area. And this led Sheriff George Johnson to hold a press conference the next day about the incident. So word spread 
quickly and people were like trying to go get a glimpse like later that evening like i think their friends went out Mm -hmm. and were like trying to see stuff so the the sheriff had to hold a press conference and basically was like listen everybody needs to calm down this happened we investigated it we found nothing but this actually created a huge stir and the tnt area was filled with cars of people from town and from out of town people just Mm -hmm. flocking um, and they were trying to catch a glimpse of what they called the bird, capital B. <laughs> but not to be outdone, the newspapers began to write stories about the creature, and they were actually the ones who named it Mothman. It's kind of like when you go to Yellowstone and people are just like, saw a bear and so there's like 15 to 20 Mm -hmm. cars Mm -hmm. parked in a row along the road yeah just pulled off the road and parked yeah it's exactly what it is just hordes of people staring at maybe a bear maybe a moose maybe a bear maybe a moose maybe nothing maybe a man dressed in a fursuit we don't know maybe a rock i don't know we don't know do you have binoculars Mm. Mm. (laughs) i don't not right here (laughs) in my other pants Oh, I mean, yeah. We all have binoculars in our spare pants. In our spare pants. <laughs> so I have a few newspaper clippings um, about the incident, specifically about this incident of the two couples. And so I will quickly go through them. So Please this do. one is called Red-Eyed Creature Reported in West Virginia. So this was a Point Pleasant newspaper. Two Point Pleasant couples told police Wednesday their car was followed about midnight by a bird-like creature six to seven feet tall with red eyes and a ten-foot wingspan. Steve Mallett and Roger Scarberry and their wives, okay, all right, told Mason County Sheriff's deputies that they were riding near the McClinty Wildlife Reserve when they first encountered, quote, the thing. Mallett said it was a large, measuring as much as seven feet, was gray in color with eyes two inches in diameter. He said the eyes glowed red when the car headlights were put on them near an abandoned power plant. Then, Mallet said, the thing took off, marking a fla- making a flapping noise, and traveled at high speeds, quote, at about 100 miles an hour. Mallet added, it was a clumsy runner. Scarberry said, quote, if I'd seen it only by myself, I wouldn't have said anything about it, but there were four of us who saw it. It took off running, and it was just saying, flap, 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 flap. It was making the flap noise. <laughs> also, this is, like, one of those instances where um, name, name, and their wives is, like, the one time that magazine said Meghan Markle and her husband. I and I was mean, like, no. <laughs> That's how it should be. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Okay, here's another one. It's called Winged Red-Eyed Thing Chases Point Couples Across Countryside. Now, this specific article is by Mary Heyer. She comes back in the story a little bit later. But just so you know, she's like a newspaper reporter in the town. All right, Mary, got it. What stands six feet tall, has wings, two big red eyes, six inches apart, and glides along behind an auto at 100 miles per hour? Ooh, I know. (laughs) Don't know? (laughs) Well, neither do four Point Pleasant residents who were chased by a weird, quote, man-like thing Tuesday night. Two young Mason County married couples today told of being chased by the strange creature around midnight Tuesday. Mr. and Mrs. Steve Mallet, 3505 Jackson Avenue, and Mr. and Mrs. Roger Scarberry, 809 30th Street, described their hair-raising experiences, which began in the TNT area. 
The two couples were riding in a car, and as the auto crested a hill, an object loomed in front of them. The object was in the form of a man, about six feet tall, with wings on its back. Becoming frightened, the couples drove away. As they approached a traffic circle near Route 62, they said the thing loomed in front of the car again. Mallet, 20, said they drove towards Point Pleasant on Route 62 at 100 miles an hour, with the strange creature drifting along behind the car. The couple said the thing seemed to avoid lights. When they turned into the C.C. Lewis farm, the creature was again in front of the car. What appeared to be a large dead dog was lying on the road. Later, the couples and police returned to the farm, but the dog had vanished. Deputy Sheriff Millard Halstead searched the TNT area. The deputy said the thing was gone, but he found a strange pile of dust. Scarberry, 18, said, Believe me, if you ever saw it, you'd be a believer. The men said they might go looking for the thing tonight, but indicated they were afraid they might find it. Alright. Okay. Alright. I got... I have a number of things I'd like to discuss about that one. Okay. First of all, why you didn't tell me it was Tuesday night. Changes everything. Do, wait, why? <laughs> Tuesdays are a lot rowdier than the rest of the days of the week. Just kidding. Um, no, Thursdays are. Why are Thursdays rowdier? Thursdays are thirsty Thursdays. Yeah, but Tuesdays are Taco Tuesdays. Taco Tuesdays. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> you tell me which is wilder. <laughs> Second thing. No. Second thing, we'll talk about the dust. There's just a the pile, pile of dust? dust? Yeah, I don't know. How big, though? Because was it just like... <laughs> it was actually crack cocaine. <laughs> <gasps> he found a pile of crack. A strange white powder. <laughs> I sniffed it. <laughs> I sniffed it, and then things got wild. Things got wild, guys. And then, are we not... Are we just gonna like put them on blast or where they live? Are we just gonna be like, this is their exact address, address and where to find these individuals? Listen, I don't know. You could say of blah 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 road, yeah, but you put their exact address in the newspaper, yeah. Their exact address. I know, Winnie. I know. It's wild. All right, Mary, chill, bruh. Okay, I have one more for you. Now, this newspaper is actually from Athens, Ohio. So this one is called Monster No Joke for Those Who Saw It by Roger Bennett, assistant news editor. (laughs) (laughs) Quote, they think it's a big joke. They think we can go out there and it'll come out for us. It is the red-eyed, winged-back, six-foot man-like thing which has turned a remote section of Mason County, West Virginia into a dusty, car-parked, thrilled show. Why do they why are the cars dusty? <laughs> Quote, they are the hundreds of curious sightseers who have jammed a 10,000 area east of Point Pleasant each night since the creature was sighted by two young married couples last Tuesday. The sightseers know there isn't such a thing, but they aren't about to miss a chance seeing it. The people who've seen it so far, especially Mr. and Mrs. Roger Scarberry and Mr. and Mrs. Steve Mallet, are afraid they'll see it again. But they keep looking. I hope others do see it. I hope it scares them as much as it did us. Maybe then they'll believe the thing exists and we're not dreaming, Miss Mallet said. The two couples first spotted the creature Tuesday in the sprawling marshy area which contains the McClintic Wildlife Sanctuary and a huge abandoned TNT plant. Most of the property is government-owned. Thursday night, the area was ablaze from the lights of cars and flashlights as the curious traveled up and down the maze of dirt roads. Police officials estimated more than 1,000 persons were searching the area prior to midnight. Every intersection was jammed with parked cars and small clumps of laughing, jostling young adults. 
Huge abandoned power plant building rang with the shrieks of youngsters scaring themselves more in the pitch black plants than the people standing in the narrow roadways. Volunteer police officers and firemen creeping through the crowds have one major fear. They estimated that each car in the area had at least one gun. Well, I, okay, this is real time. I didn't read these beforehand. I'm sorry. <laughs> Shit's getting real. One officer heard an automatic rifle bark several times Thursday night behind one of the many buildings. Oh, God. Woof, woof. <laughs> Early sightings, besides the, the two couples, have several things in common. The description includes two red eyes about six inches apart, wings with ten foot span, and always man-like, with stocky legs. These sightings came from Cheshire, Rutland, several persons at an isolated home near the TNT plant, and one in Doddridge County, West Virginia, east of Parkersburg. The Scarberries and the Mallet said they believed the thing, quote, didn't mean to harm us, even though Miss Scarberry had to be treated for shock, only to chase them away. At one time, the creature came within 100 feet of their car. In all, they spotted it five times that night. They've seen it twice since. The first night, it chased their car at speeds of up to 100, gliding about and behind the vehicle. It emitted a sound similar to a, quote, record player at a high speed or squeak of a mouse. <laughs> what is it? They don't know. But they're sure they saw it, and then the rest kind of gets cut out. It says something about pigeons. I'm not sure if they're trying to say that it could be pigeons. Many, you know what? Pigeons figured out how to do the transformer or the Power Rangers thing where they all hook together and form one. Oh, they are legion. I'd watch that. They are legion. <laughs> oh, no. It's a legion oh, of no. pigeons, that's all. Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, goodness gracious. Okay, so, as you can see, that one is probably the most famous incident that happened i guess with the mothman it, it was it, just all over the news is it though is it <laughs> all right a couple more for you guys november 16th 1966 marcella bennett her two-year-old daughter tina her brother raymond wamsley and his wife kathy wamsley went to visit raymond and marcella's sister virginia thomas in the tnt area when they arrived, they learned that she wasn't home yet, so they chit-chatted with Virginia's children until around 9 p.m. When they decided to leave, Raymond spotted lights in the sky that were hovering above the tree line. Marcella went to look up while she was trying to unlock the car, and instead of seeing the lights that he had described, she saw a creature standing up from behind the car looking at her. It was a six-foot-tall creature with a humanoid body and wings drawn towards itself. It looked like it was covered in gray feathers and its head was sunken into the shoulder area. The entire group ran it, ran into the home and promptly locked the door. Well, she was, like, staring at it, and they're like, Marcella, like, what are you doing? Like, run, run, run. Turned to run, fell, but had her kid in her arms, so kind of scraped her arms up, and then they, like, her brother, like, ran over and grabbed her, and they, like, all ran into the house. So she was, like, staring at him for, like, a couple of seconds. The police were called but didn't arrive for 15 more minutes. During this time, the creature tried to open the door with no luck. It then peered through the windows and then finally left. Marcella was deeply scarred from the incident, refusing to drive at night afterwards and having trouble sleeping. She believed that the creature somehow put her into some sort of trance that night and continued to have a connection with her from then on. Interesting. Listen. Yeah. If your boy really wanted to hurt you, he would have done it. 
He would have done it. Like, you stared at him, and he just stared at you, and then you fell, and he just literally is stood it, there. They. Excuse me. Is it, like, are they, is the Mothman looking at you with murder in its eyes, or is it sexual tension? Maybe you just, like, stay, just, like, want somebody to be like, hello, what is your name? What is your name? And then he can telepathically really say, Mothman. Or, I imagine he like, speaks like Eugene. Batman. Eugene. <laughs> Eugene. <laughs> okay. I mean, I don't know. No one. Nobody ever asked him. No one ever no. was like, "Hey, that's true. What's your name?" You're right. You're you're absolutely right. Other than the thirty-five to forty-five year old blue reflective yeah, jumpsuit, but boy. that wasn't. But was it the same thing? I don't know. I think it was probably a, a being going to a gathering. The gathering. Cryptids. Gathering of cryptids. Yes. <laughs> so from November 17th, 1966 to November 20th, 1966, there were several witnesses who came forward saying that they saw a half-bird, half-man creature lurking near their homes in the TNT area. These sightings specifically prompted Dr. Robert L. Smith, an associate professor of wildlife biology at West Virginia University, to come up with a simple explanation for what everybody was seeing. Yeah, legion of pigeons. Uh, close. It was a sandhill crane, apparently. Well, I mean, they're not... Rizzo's a sandhill crane. Yeah, no, I know she is. She's not six feet tall. No, no. And that's why I'm, I question his... Ostrich. Yeah. What if it was? Keep birds in mind. Just say no. A moth person. A moth. What if yes. we just stop I mean, and that's think what the Mothman is. I don't it's understand. It's just a Wait. moth person. What? It's a moth person. What? Oh my gosh. What if. <gasps> You're on to something. You know what? Honestly, Legion of Pigeons versus Moth Person. I could go either way. Ralph Turner actually wrote a newspaper article about this theory. And I have it. It's called The Mothman. Would you believe a sandhill crane? No. I say nay. Mm. Nay. Nay. So here's what this says. The case of Mason County Monster may have been solved Friday by a West Virginia University professor. It wasn't, but we'll continue. Dr. Robert L. Smith, associate professor of wildlife biology in WVU's Division of Forestry, told Mason told Mason Sheriff George Johnson at Point Pleasant he believes the thing, which has been frightening people in the Point Pleasant area since Tuesday, is a large bird which stopped off while migrating south. Quote, from all the descriptions I have read about this thing, it perfectly matches a sandhill crane. Stop. Said the professor. Quote, I definitely believe that's what these people are seeing. Since Tuesday, more than 10 people have spotted what they describe as a birdman or mothman in the area of McClintic Wildlife Station. They described it as a huge gray-winged creature with large red eyes. Dr. Smith said the sandhill crane stands an average of five feet and has gray plumage. A feature of its appearance is a bright red flesh area around each eye. It has an average wing spread of about seven feet. Somebody who has never seen anything like it before could easily get the impression it is a flying man, he said. Car lights would cause the bare skin to reflect as big red circles around the eyes. While such birds are rare to this area, Dr. Smith said this is migration time and it would not be too difficult for one or more of the birds to stop off at the wildlife refuge. There are no official sightings of such birds in West Virginia, although there have been unconfirmed reports in the past, he added. 
The birds are rarely seen east of the Mississippi, now except in Florida. Distribution mainly is in Canada, and the population is increasing in the Midwest. They winter in Southern California, in Mexico, and along the Gulf Coast. So while they are powerful flyers, they cannot match the 100 miles per hour speed one couple reported the thing attained when pursuing. Dr. Smith warned that while Sandhill Crane is harmless if left alone, if cornered, it may become a formidable antagonist. Its dagger-like bill is a dangerous weapon, which the crane does not hesitate to use when at bay and fighting for its life. Many a hunter's dog has been badly injured, he said. Um, some who have reported seeing the monster remembered best the eerie sound it made. The description of the Sandhill Crane also fits that. It doesn't, but okay, we'll get to that later. The cry of the Sandhill Crane is a veritable voice of nature, untamed and unterrified, says one book in Birds. Its uncanny quality is like that of the loon, but is more pronounced because of much greater volume of the crane's voice. Its resonance is remarkable, and its carrying power is increased by a distinct tremolo effect. Often for several minutes after the birds have vanished, the unearthly sounds drift back to the listener, like a taunting trumpet from the underworld. Can we just... Yeah, and then it just goes on to kind of describe the previous sightings. Yes. So, one of the things he's saying, first of all, I'm very angry. Like, I'm very upset mm-hmm. because there you have sand hill cranes at the where Caitlin works. Yes. And uh, Rizzo, as she mentioned, is, is a the best bird crane. in the world. I love her so much. And that she's a sweet girl. She's a sweet girl. Sweet, sweet um, girl. The only way you would think that a sand hill crane matches the description, the only way you would mistake a sand hill crane for a man-like creature yeah. is if you were tripping on acid. acid. Yeah, for sure. So that that's what I, I read this and I was like, I can understand I can understand some points. They are gray. Yeah, they're gray. They're mm-hmm. feathery gay. Sure. They're tall, but like like he said, they're only about five feet tall. If that, that's probably like the max height. Like Rizzo's not five feet tall. Mm-mm. They do have, they have like orange eyes and then above their eyes their skin is like bright red like not pink like bright 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 red so i understand what he would say oh like that could be like their eyes that they're seeing like i get that but the problem is cranes in general are so skinny yeah like you would not think that that's a person they're like pencils and also why would no one have mentioned a beak Right, right, like a long beak. They have a long beak like a crane, like, right. right? And he said, yeah, because he said they use them to defend themselves, which is true. Even us, when we have to go get the cranes to, like, trim their wings and stuff, you have to wear, essentially, protective headgear so they don't poke you in the eyeballs. Like, their beaks are probably, like, a foot long. Yeah. That may be exaggerating, but, I mean. But how would you have a description of a creature... And leave out a one foot long beat right. in every description of it. Well, it's and ridiculous. also the, the what they described the voice as was like a mouse squeaking or a high p- pitched record scratch. Rizzo is not like their sound is so loud. It it's not like that. Like you're just gonna have to trust me on this one. <laughs> like it's not like that at all. I don't know why. Like he is associating a mouse like high-pitched squeal with that of a sandhill crane. Like, it doesn't match at all. I would like to pose the theory that... What's the scientist's name? Dr. Robert L. Smith. I don't think he knows what a sandhill crane (laughs) is. 
Well, I think... I think that he does, and I think the problem is he was like, oh, well, it's got to be some sort of animal. They have those big red patches of skin, so it must be them. And then he kind of ignored the rest of the descriptions. He heard big red eyes, and yeah. he went, yeah, 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 I know yeah, what I got, I know what, I got it. Flying red eyes? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, listen, I know exactly what it is. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. And maybe they do have a seven-foot wingspan, I don't know. Rizzo's not that big, but she's also female, so... Like, I'm, she's probably a little more on the smaller side. So I'm a little biased in that fact, but but she's not that big. I'm 5'7", and she doesn't even come close to me. No. Width-wise or height-wise. No. And and I get if you would say, like, okay, nobody, except for the one mom holding her child, nobody was right up beside of them. Yeah. So if you were standing a little bit back, you could maybe guess to me a little bit. Yeah. not... Four feet? Yeah. Three, three or right. four feet. Well, and also, some of them, like, the creature was just perched or sitting somewhere. So, like you said, if it's just sitting there not moving, how would you not notice a beak? B-b-beak? Beak! <laughs> well, there we go. We messed it up on the first one. <laughs> beak! I don't listen. Yes. Scientist? Mm, questionable. <laughs> I don't agree with him. I respect that he has the right to his own opinion, but I don't agree with him. I don't agree says. with him either. Yeah, I don't either. I don't either. Anyway. Anyway. So, on November 19th, 1966, Mary Heyer, who was the newspaper Ooh, article girl. lady, told John Keel, who comes in later, into our story a little bit later, she told him, quote, I had a terrible nightmare. There were a lot of people drowning in the river, and Christmas packages were floating everywhere in the water. It's like something awful is going to happen. Supposedly, she was not the only one to have visions such as these, but... It's a very specific, strange dream to have, isn't it? Well, it's also tough, because when I get a little further into the story, I'm not sure... I don't know who to believe, is what I'm saying. She didn't necessarily bring this up to people before the time that she said... Or in the time that she says that she did. Yes, but it's more of John Keel who she's telling not necessarily what so um on november 24th 1966 thomas yuri was driving along route 62 which was what the couples were driving on Mm -hmm. when he saw a very large bird he estimated the wingspan to be close to 12 feet and stated that the creature was able to keep up with his car as he was going 75 miles per hour i believe i can fly i believe i can touch the sky Think about muffin every day. <laughs> Sprints his wings and flies away. <laughs> I know it's good. <laughs> so uh, there's a newspaper article, which I won't read the whole thing, but it's specifically about this sighting by Thomas Urey, and it's called, Oh, That Bird. It was seen again. Mason County's famous bird is apparently still with us and has made its appearance in the daytime for the first time. Tom Urey, a Clarksburg resident, told the sheriff's office he had an, he had an experience with the bird this morning at 7.15 a.m. as he traveled north on State Route 62. Urey, an assistant manager of the Kinney store in Clarksburg, was en route back to the northern city after spending Thanksgiving here with relatives when he encountered the bird. Quote, I know people think you're crazy when you tell of seeing something like this, Urey said, but I've never had such an experience. I was scared. In a given account to the register, the frightened young man said as he went up the road, he spotted a flying object that seemed to come from the woods on his right. 
After his description of the area, it was determined it came from the area back of the Homer Smith residence. Quote, it came up like a helicopter and then veered over my car. It began going around in circles about two or three telephone poles high and kept staying over my car, he added. While his first thought was that of fear, Yuri noted, quote, I tried to get away and was going 70 miles an hour, but it kept up with me easily. He stated that it kept soaring over his vehicle until he got to the Kirkland Memorial Gardens and then it made its way to the left and over towards the river. Appearing still shook up, Yuri said, quote, I have a convertible brag and at first (laughs) felt it was going to come through the top but after it stayed in the air at the same height i didn't feel it would attack i've seen big birds but i've never seen anything like this he commented in giving a description he said it was grayish brown color and some six feet in length and had at least an eight to ten foot wing spread yuri said he saw a bill but not not unusually big he did not see red eyes that have previously been given as a characteristic some theorized, 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 jeez, <laughs> um, the daylight could have accounted for this. Mm. Mr. Yeah. Yuri is the son of Miss Frank Yuri and son-in-law of Miss Dorothy Rhodes, both of Point Pleasant. What's their exact address? <laughs> what is their exact address? I think we learned not to do that after that. <laughs> <laughs> Things happen, Things but happen. nobody talks well. <laughs> All right. November 26, 1966. George Wolfe Jr. claimed to see a seven-foot-tall ostrich zigzagging through the trees near where he was hunting in Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania. It had a round body, long neck, and a tall plumed tail. Several others claimed to see a similar creature in St. Albans, West Virginia, and Lowell, Ohio. Okay, I mean, that's more ostrichy. Yeah. I mean, ostriches are tall, so that I get. But they also don't... I mean, I guess they would have a giant wingspan, right, if they stretched it. But they can't fly. Well, they said they zigzag through the trees. Are right, they running? Right, right. Yeah, they can run, I guess. No, no, no. Was, were they saying they were running? Yeah, the yes. The thing was running? Yes. Yeah, so I mean... And I guess ostriches kind of do look a little clumsy when they run around, so... If an ostrich ran at you, jumped on the hood of your car, and ran across the road to the other side... Your you car would, would be dented. Well, you'd also know it was an ostrich, I hope. Would I, you? I what if you had accident... Okay, wait... <laughs> accidentally inhaled some of the pile of dust. The pile of dust. That may or may not have been crack no. cocaine. <laughs> okay. On November 27, 1966, Connie Joe Carpenter claimed to have developed conjunctivitis after staring into... Hold on. <laughs> I'm leaving. Hold on. No. <laughs> Wait, you gotta come back. I don't know what conjunctivitis is. Let me finish. Connie Joe Carpenter claimed to have developed conjunctivitis after staring into hypnotic glowing red eyes that belonged to a large gray seven foot tall man like figure that she saw near the old Mason County golf course. The sighting nearly made her wreck her car. Pink eye. Wait, really? Conjunctivitis is pink eye. <laughs> <laughs> she's becoming one of them. But she didn't say that, so she said, "Can jump." She's becoming one of them. Oh my gosh! I develop. I I didn't look it up because I know you know what it was, but I was also like, I don't think this. I is didn't fart on my pillow and then sleep on it. I was staring at a creature and then giving my eyes pink. I'm pretty sure that's a myth. Actually, I don't think farting on your pillow gives you conjunctivitis. <laughs> Farts on their pillows. <laughs> no, you see. Yeah, I thought it was a thing that people were like, I'm going to fart on your pillow and you're going to wake up with pink eyes. <laughs> no, I definitely think it is, but I'm like, what, how you said it implied <laughs> that you're farting on your own pillow. <laughs> I didn't get that. It depends on how bad you want to miss school. 
very bad. Very badly. <laughs> Ellie agrees. <laughs> Fun fact, conjunctivitis is, or pink eye is more often caused by a virus, but everybody blames it on poor hand washing and yeah. says that it's from not washing your hands well after the bathroom or farting on your pillow. <laughs> <laughs> farting on your hand and then rubbing it in your eyes. Wait, you, wait. <laughs> I was gonna be like, wait, you don't do that? And I was like, wait, I shouldn't say. I don't. I really don't. Hang on. I gotta move my chair back up. I got mad and like, I got mad and scooted really she far away. She claimed to develop conjunctivitis. Okay, so I don't really have a date for this, but just a fun fact: during some of during this time, like. Not early November, more of later November, individuals in the Point Pleasant area claimed to have come into contact with, quote, men in black. Not Will Smith like the movie went men in black, but like men in black. I'm Um, sorry. These men wore black suits, hats, and sunglasses. They traveled in black Cadillacs, but seemed unfamiliar with common objects and customs. They had unusually, unusually long fingers, and sing-song voices. And some people were questioned by them. So people assumed they worked for the government. Men in black. The government does tend to hire people with quite musical tones. Well, and remember, as we stated previously, the areas where Mothman was sighted was government land. Just so you know. Just a fun fact. Why? Mm-hmm. Just just a fun fact. Why are they... We had men in black before, right, in a story... For Flatwoods, right? Didn't they come and take the, their clothes and then did it give them back? And the same thing happened with the Snallygaster. That's right. Strange men came and they, like, destroyed all the evidence that the Snallygaster fell See? into. So, oh, my gosh. It's the men in black. The cats are getting very worked up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They came and destroyed the vat where mm-hmm. the Snallygaster right. had fallen into. And everything with it. Absolutely. Why were they observing their fingers so closely? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they were lighting cigarettes or something? Playing the piano, maybe? I don't know. Okay, December 4th, 1966. There were a few more sightings of similar creatures, including one where five pilots at the Gallipolis, Ohio airport described watching a large bird glide 300 feet above the river at 70 miles per hour. Everett Wedge, Henry Upton, Ernie Thompson, Leo Edwards, and Eddie Atkins all stated that it had wide wings, a long neck, flew without flapping, and turned its head as if to look around every few moments. On December 7th, 1966, a group of individuals... Hold on. We... This is important. Kill. Mm, a group of individuals, including Mary Heyer, <gasps> the Scarberries, the Mallets... Mabel McDaniel, Connie Carpenter, and Keith Aker were asked by John Keel to meet up in order to discuss what they had previously seen. Mm. So remember, these were witnesses who came forward and said that they had cited the Mothman. Yes. And so he asked them to come give statements. So they agreed, they recorded their statements, and then they took a trip back to the North Power Plant to kind of explain where the incidents happened. And I also think it was kind of like a ghost hunt sort of deal. They were, like, probably partially retracing their steps and partially it was like, yeah, I mean, a ghost walk would be, like, a good... Right. Yeah. 
good word phrase for it. Right. So several of them, while they were there, witnessed red glowing eyes and a tall running figure as they, like, looked around. Keel explained that there also seemed to be a, quote, zone of fear in the TNT area. I love that spell. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> so that's my favorite cleric spell. Zone of fear. <laughs> now, this is where I get a little iffy about some of these oh, statements. Now. Oh, after the zone of fear. Yes. We're going to. Well, well, so John Keel actually later wrote a book called The Mothman Prophecies. <gasps> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh my god, are you okay? Oh my god, I know him! Not personally, but. So it's just very interesting to me that he was a person who pops up in some of these stories who is. Researching. Researching, but also, like, it, it makes me question what his. Motives were? Well, what his motives were and what he was asking them. Because I think if you're a good writer or a good, I mean, sad to say it, but investigator, I think you can manipulate people into saying certain things. Oh, he gave them the the good white dust. Yeah. And then he was like, what do you see? And held up a picture of I don't of think you necessarily hallucinate with cocaine. we got to change <laughs> acid, so. PCP. Uh, Isn't there a thing called angel dust? I don't know. Yes, but I don't know what stevia makes you trip, right? Was that a thing, too? What? I don't know. I don't know, no, no, I no, no, don't no, no, know no, no. anything about drugs. Now talk to me about children's Motrin. <laughs> <laughs> I know that PCP can make people hallucinate. What's I the one where that. people are biting people? Bat? No. PCP. Salts. Where people are biting people's faces off? Also, yes. Bath salts is one. Mm. PCP... If you have somebody come in to a medical setting and they're being violent and possibly seeing things, then PCP is one of the things that you suspect first. Oh, I got you. I got you. That's like the board question. Right. (laughs) Don't tell the board. Don't tell tell the board. Don't tell them I told you. Okay, so one last final date that I have for you. Oh, boy. Another famous sighting of the Mothman occurred on December 15th, 1967. On this day, the silver bridge that connected Point Pleasant, West Virginia, and Galapolis, Ohio, collapsed. 37 vehicles were crossing the bridge when it collapsed. Unfortunately, 64 individuals fell into the water, 9 individuals were seriously injured, and 46 people lost their lives. This was the deadliest bridge disaster in U.S. history, and it changed the standards for bridge design across the United States. Mm -hmm. If not, even more. So, a little more information about this. The bridge had been built by the General Corporation and the American Bridge Company, um, and they constructed the highway bridge in 1928. So, like 20-some years ago. So, it was a two-lane I-bar suspension type bridge. No, no. it's almost 40 years. So you're right, 44, 40. You're right, you're right. Absolutely. So, an I-bar is... And this is a quote straight from Wikipedia. A straight bar, usually of metal, with a hole at each end for fixing to other components. So they were basically, like, connected together, these, Mm -hmm. like, straight bars. Sure. So in bridges, these I-bars are linked together to form highly redundant structure. Obviously, I just said they're connected together. Mm -hmm. And then there's more of them, like, they're side by side, too. So there's, like, a couple in a row. 
Unfortunately, one of these eye bars malfunctioned due to the higher loads that the bridge was undertaking, and this is not what it was designed for, and it was being it wasn't being maintained very well. So, unfortunately, they um, narrowed the cause of the collapse down to, it was basically like 0.1 centimeter issue in one of the Mm eye bars. But because of the way the bridge designed and how it's so highly redundant and the way the weight is on the bridge, that just that small infraction, essentially that eye bar let go, which caused the next one to let go, which caused the next one to let go, Mm -hmm. and then it just collapsed. It's like a domino effect. Right. Some individuals believed that they had seen the Mothman moments before the bridge collapsed. So they thought, or they said, or I don't know, but some claim to have seen the Mothman essentially like on top of the bridge Mm -hmm. before the bridge collapsed. Mm -hmm. And this was the last time that the Mothman was seen in this specific area. It it basically vanished after this. Yeah. The Mothman would eventually be spotted across the globe in years to come. So it began striking fear into individuals because a lot of times people would claim to see the Mothman before a major accident occurred. Right. Wherever the Mothman was seen. This led to the belief that the Mothman was an omen of doom, essentially. And this began with the Silver Bridge collapse. Mm-hmm. So... The popularity in sightings um, was in part thanks to the 1975 book, The Mothman Prophecies, by John Keel, who we spoke about. Right. He believed that the Mothman was a supernatural entity that was terrorizing the Point Pleasant area. And then a movie of the same name was later released in 2002 that was essentially based on the book, as far as I know. Yes, Absolutely. And you, this is what you have a little bit about, correct? Yeah. Okay, you can go ahead with this. Because the next thing I have are essentially theories as to what the Mothman was. Sure. So I want to talk a little bit about uh, the movie itself. And then some other places where um, the Mothman has popped up in, mm-hmm. in pop- popular culture. Sure. Uh, but you're absolutely right. The Mothman Proph- Prophecies is a 2002 American f- supernatural horror slash mystery film. It was directed by Mark Pellington. And it actually starred Richard Greer and uh, an actress by the name of Laura Lynn. Richard Greer, that's Obi-Wan Kenobi, right? Absolutely not, no. <laughs> no. No, that's Ewan McGregor. <laughs> Wait, who's, uh, you know who I'm talking about? Liam Neeson? Yeah. Is Qui-Gon Jinn. That's right. <laughs> None of those are Richard Greer. I don't even know what Richard Greer looks like. Richard Greer is... I just think it's... Pretty Woman. What? Oh, yeah. you're right. He is in that. He's oh. not the pretty. You know what I mean. Yeah. He's in <laughs> oh my god, Richard Gere is the pretty woman. <laughs> that movie has a major plot twist. So, um, the Wikipedia page that basically lays out the plot for sure. this movie also says that it's based on the 1975 book of the same name by parapsychologist and Fordian John Keel. What's Fordian? So, parapsychologist, I'm assuming, is like a paranormal psychologist. Right, obviously. But a Fordian um, is the name of people who are inspired by and admire the works of Charles Hoy Fort, who was an American writer and researcher who specialized in anomalous phenomena, 
the term Fortean is what that or Fortiana. Okay. Um, F-O-R-T-E-A-N-A is um, used to characterize various such phenomena. So it's basically like strange paranormal things. He's you can't a explain. super fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, so if you're a super fan of this guy and you study paranormal things, then right. you call yourself a Fortean. Sure. Anyway, so um, in the movie, uh, Washington Post columnist John Klein and his, which is played by Richard Greer, okay, and his wife Mary are involved in a car accident when Mary swerves to avoid a black flying figure. John survives the crash unscathed, and Mary is hospitalized. After Mary dies of an unrelated brain tumor, which they didn't know about until she's hospitalized for the car accident, John discovers mysterious drawings of the creature that she had created in the hospital. Two years later, John becomes lost in West Virginia and inexplicably finds himself in Point Pleasant, hundreds of miles off of route. I think he, like, zoned out and ended up in Point Pleasant. Yeah. Is how it goes. Uh, He was driving in the middle of the night, and his car breaks down, and he walks to a nearby house for help. The owner, Gordon Smallwood, reacts violently to John's appearance and holds him at gunpoint. Local police officer Connie Mills diffuses the situation, and Gordon explains that this is the third night in a row that John has said, knocked on his door and said, my car broke down at exactly 2.30 a.m., asking to use his phone, while John has no recollection recollection of this happening. Oh, no, I'd pull a gun, too. (laughs) Officer Mills mentions to John that many strange things have been happening the last few weeks, and people were reporting seeing a large winged creature like a giant moth with red eyes. She also tells John of a strange dream she had, which, with the words, wake up, number 37, were spoken to her. During a conversation one day, Gordon reveals to John that he has heard voices from his sink telling him that in Denver, 99 will die. While discussing the day's events at a local diner, John notices the news is showing the story of an airplane crash in Denver that killed 99 passengers. The next night, Gordon frantically explains the voices in his head emanate from a being named Indrid Cold. Mm. Which I believe would be reference to the guy who saw the yeah. being who referred to itself as Cold. Yeah. Later that same night, Gordon calls John and says that he is standing next to Indrid Cold himself. While John keeps Cold on the line, Officer Mills checks on Gordon. Cold answers John's questions, including ones he could not possibly know the answers to, convincing John that Cold is a supernatural being. This sets off a string of supernatural events, and uh, they find Gordon outside dead from Mm. cold exposure. Interesting. John becomes obsessed with being dubbed the Mothman. I don't understand. With the being dubbed the Mothman. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> he's like I, I am the Mothman <laughs> call me the Mothman I was like I don't remember this in the movie <laughs> this makes worse. here's my businessman you can reference me as the Mothman this is my business card please call me the Mothman <laughs> that would make it so much better oh, okay. um, so uh, John learns that the governor plans to tour a chemical plant located on the Ohio River the following day I think this might be like kind of a reference to like the TNT mm-hmm. plant Probably. Uh, he becomes convinced that the tra- a tragedy will occur there because he thinks uh, Gordon referred to a tra- tragedy that was about to occur. The police officer Mills tells, uh, and the governor both ignore John's warnings and nothing happens during the tour. Soon afterwards, John receives a mysterious message that instructs him to await a call from his deceased wife back home in Georgetown. So he leaves. But on Christmas Eve, Officer Mills says, please come like back to Point Pleasant. Mm-hmm. And he decides to join her. 
As he reaches the silver bridge, a malfunctioning traffic light causes a traffic congestion, so traffic backs up on the bridge. He walks on the bridge to investigate, and the bolt supports of the bridge strain. The bridge comes apart, and he realizes that the prophesied tragedy on the Ohio River was about the bridge, not the power plant. Mm -hmm. Uh, As the bridge collapses, Officer Mills' car also falls into the river. John jumps in and pulls her from the river to safety. They sit back on the bank and... um, in the back of an ambulance, and they are informed that 36 people have been killed, making Connie, his Miss Mills, uh, would have been number 37 in her dream, because mm-hmm. it says, wake up, number 37. Yeah. The cause of the bridge collapse is never fully determined, although the Mothman has never been seen in Point Pleasant again. Yeah. So it basically covers, like, a mishmash of true events yes it kind of puts some true events together and it it definitely like skews what happened for sure makes it more of a makes it way more supernatural than what it maybe was but again i don't know because people claim to be like telepathically communicating or having dreams with some sort of supernatural being but that is coming from john keel who wrote this book right yeah so and I think maybe her dream, besides wake up number 37, might have had something to do with the dream that Mary Probably. Hi- had, but I, yeah. I'm, Mary Hire had, but I'm not sure how closely related to right, right, watching right. the movie. Yeah, I don't, re- I remember the movie kind of, but I don't, we won't, I watched it so long ago, I don't remember. I feel like I have it somewhere, honestly. Yeah, I think we do, I think we have it. But I, I, I thought it was it. really interesting, it was shot in Pittsburgh. They filmed oh. the movie in Pittsburgh, which I think they should have filmed it in Point Pleasant. But, but, yeah, mm, okay. Um, it was just really interesting that Richard Greer was part of that project because he's kind of a bigger actor name. Yeah, but also, why is the wife gotta die? Why can't the husband die once and the wife can be the protagonist? I'm not sure. Okay. But I thought it was interesting that she died after... It was It was supposed to be like this being crossed their paths and then oh man she has a brain tumor and she dies yeah like it was an omen of the brain tumor that she saw this being and then later he sees the the being again Again. yeah interesting we'll have to watch the movie and again this is our movie recommendation for the week (laughs) i don't even know if it's any good i don't remember i remember like this is our movie recommendation for you guys to watch and then tell us how it is if you give us a movie review of the mothman prophecies we will send you a sticker. Guaranteed. Absolutely. Guaranteed. Now, when my computer's unfrozen, I'll tell you about some other TVs and movies. Oh, sure. All right, so, um, so some other... My computer's unfrozen, and I can now tell you about some <laughs> other Mothman-related movies and TV whoop, whoop. references. So, obviously, we have the Mothman Prophecies, the movie in 2002. Uh, X-Files, Season 5, Episode 4. The Lost Tapes, Monster Quest, Mothman, a sci-fi 2010 original film eyes of mothman which was a 2011 documentary about the sightings hold on can i say something what was the show that the snally gaster was on where those guys were in the cabin saying the snally gaster was attacking the cabin and all you you were like there was this poor blue jay and they're just trying to i honestly don't know i thought it was monster quest but i don't think that's right (laughs) just trying to live its life mountain monsters or something maybe anyway go ahead Anyway, uh, Mothman Country, 
which was 2011 documentary about Point Pleasant's contemporary relationship with the Mothman. Which I think is good for the most part. Oh, yeah. I think, I mean, they have, like, a small museum, and they, um, statue. Mothman Festival, like. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the statue, obviously. Obviously. There are several books written in relation to the Mothman. One is called Dark Wings, which is a 2011 book by John J. Rust. Angel of Wrath, colon, a novel, 2009, Bill Myers. The Eighth Tower and the Mothman Prophecies are both by uh, our friend, Mr. John A. Keel, your friend and mine, although neither of our friends, uh, <laughs> which was a 1977 book, The Eighth Tower, and then I th- this says 2007 Mothman Prophe- Prophecies. No, I but had 1975. Sorry, I think it was redone. Probably. In 2007. Uh, and then the book The Silver Bridge, which was a 1970 book and reprint in 2008 as The Silver Bridge, the classic Mothman tale by Gray Barker. And Watchmen, which is a DC comic series uh, from 1986 to 1987, also featured the Mothman. Really? Yes. Huh. That's a comic by... Uh, John Higgins, Alan Moore, and Dave Gibbons. Nice. Several video games also feature our beloved moth friend in the game GTA, which I'm assuming is Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto, you can be Mothman? Uh, he's supposed to be located in the desert. I think you can find him in the desert. It's (laughs) Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Fallout 76, obviously. Obviously. Fallout 76 is based largely on West Virginia cryptids, lore, and places. Yes. Uh, A passive Mothman can be summoned on completion of the quest, The Path to Enlightenment. Mothman may also stalk the player and even attack them in later stages of the game at night. Also, the game Castlevania Dawn of Sorrow uh, and Castlevania Portrait of Ruin in Dawn of Sorrow, the Mothman is one of three cryptozoology-based monsters, along with Yeti and uh, the flying humanoid. <laughs> Wait, Superman? Like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, and then, obviously, uh, one of our favorite podcasts, The Adventure Zone, mm-hmm. uh, they have a arc called Amnesty, where they play a role-playing game. It's not Dungeons & Dragons. They play Monster uh, of the Week. Yes. And they feature a character by the name of Injured Cold, mm-hmm. who can tell the future and also is mothman is mothman yeah which is why it was cool to me to make the the injured cold connection because i forgot that that was actually a part of lore i just thought that he made that up he he (laughs) was a genius (laughs) and made up a cool name (laughs) oh that's such a cool name yeah i agree so to end i have theories on what the mothman could be now i have a lot is this really necessary Yes, because there are some very interesting. Um, no, it's clearly a sandhill crane. It's clearly okay. So okay, hold on, hold on. Okay, <laughs> so the first theory, since we brought it up, was that the Mothman was a type of bird. So some people do agree with Dr. Robert L. Smith's theory that the Mothman was just a sandhill crane. So the sandhill cranes, like we stated, stand roughly four feet tall and have an average wingspan of seven feet. They have red eyes and that red skin around their faces so that is kind of why people agree agree with them it's plausible that they were in the area although not probable but we'll go with that um similarly some believe that the mothman could simply be an owl of some sort so they think that their eyes would shine in the dark and also there are some descriptions of the mothman's basically not having a neck 
like its head was fused with its shoulders. And so when you look at an owl, how you can't, like, they're just like one big feathery blob. Some people are like, oh, maybe it was an owl. And people are seeing owls. I disagree with both of those, but well, I'm just, you know, devil's advocate here, I guess. So some believe that the Mothman is some sort of demon that causes terror anywhere it goes. Um, they think that the Mothman is a demon because of things like the Silver Bridge incident. Because people saw the Mothman beforehand, they think that the Mothman is causing these terrible things. Another theory is that the Mothman is um, not necessarily causing these terrible things, but trying to warn people of what's mm-hmm. to come. So the Mothman is actually a good uh, cryptid. It is just misunderstood, I guess you would say. As most cryptids tend to be. Ah, there we go. So, an alien that is connected to, quote, cold from the sighting previously mentioned is a fun theory that people toss around. So, when you look up Mothman sightings, some, like I have stated, don't necessarily have anything to do with a moth or man mothman creature it is more of um what you would think of as a ufo or strange blinking lights or the person cold that could communicate telepathically and so a lot of people um connect this to aliens and say that mothman is a type of alien that is hangs out or is cold or is in the ship with them or their friends you know something along those lines so Let's see. Some, so there's a story um, of what is called the Owl Man. So the Owl Man is an owl like creature seen in Monon, Cornwall, UK. Um, and these sightings were in 1976. So like 10 years later. But mm-hmm. some think that they're the same creature because descriptions are very similar. Interesting. And the Owl Man, I don't really know how much, I don't think it terrorized the city too much, but it was just a fun little cryptid. So, two really interesting and kind of longer theories have to do with Native American legends. So, there's a Native American legend about what is called Thunderbirds. Um, these were enormous birds that could create thunder when they flapped their wings because they were so big. And then lightning would flash out from their eyes and water fell from their backs, which in turn created rain. Now, I don't think the Mothman is a Thunderbird. However, um... Could be a Thundercat. It could be a Thunderbird baby. Uh, (laughs) A not yet matured Thunderbird. There we go. Now, the next Native American legend, I think, is more interesting and kind of makes more sense than Thunderbirds, but that's just me. So there are two Shawnee legends of Misignawa, M-I-S-I-G-N-W-A, and Wapi, W-A-U-P-E-E. So people think that the Mothman is a combination of these two, so I'm going to briefly go over both of them, and sure. then you, you'll definitely see like the connection. So the story of Misignawa tells the existence of a spirit protecting the forest, specifically making sure hunters are not being disrespectful. So the spirit traditionally resembles Bigfoot. So they know this because ceremonial dress during the bread dance, which are rituals in the spring and fall that basically celebrate 
the planting of the harvest and then harvesting, mm-hmm. you know, the harvest. So they put the ceremony addressed during the bread this bread dance portrayed the Masigma with full bear skin, wood mask, and a turtle shell rattle cane. So it's really like a hairy humanoid figure. Mm-hmm. However, this is where the legend of the Wapi come in. So this legend describes an Indian by the name of Wapi living in the forest alone. Uh, Wapi becomes intrigued by the star chief's daughter, but she lives high up in the sky. They fell in love and had a child, but the child was taken to the sky instead of to the forest where Wapi lived. So Wapi was able to ascend into the sky with his two loves if he could pass a test involving gathering bits of animals of the forest. So the star chief would allow him to choose a part of an animal for that is what they will become. So basically you get like a characteristic of a certain animal. Sure. So he was, um, he chose a white hawk's feather, Mm. which allowed him to ascend and descend, ascend to the sky and descend to the forest as he pleased because it gave him wings, Mm -hmm. white, whitish gray wings. That makes sense. So some believe it's kind of a mixture of the two and kind of like a spirit it could be a spirit protecting that area of Point Pleasant. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead of looking like a Bigfoot creature, it takes on the Wapi legend and looks kind of like a feathery figure, feathery being. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought those were two. I thought those were very interesting. Um, and I'd like to think Mothman is like a spirit guardian, like a forest guardian. <laughs> yeah. I just think that's really cute. So um, there are two other... Um, theories that I have two quick ones so some believe that a variation of these stories could be true like any of these could be true but they trace them back to a curse that Shawnee Chief Cornstalk placed over the area after the Battle of Point Pleasant Mm. this Battle of Point Pleasant was one of the first conflicts of the American Revolution and it involved Native Americans and militiamen essentially fighting over land that was encroached upon so Native Americans were like you're on our land and the militiamen were like we made an agreement we're allowed to be here and then there was like this huge terrible terrible battle essentially what from what i read um chief cornstalk they left the area like he survived the battle and then he came back to try and talk it out i guess but like kind of make an agreement and be like well we we're not going to win this we've lost so many people and the militiamen i think we're going to put him to death and so he put a curse over the area and so some people think that this curse has transitioned into the mothman either being a forest guardian that was brought to life by chief cornstalk or a demon or an angel there to you know what i mean like they think that it could be one of these stories but whatever it is it is because of chief cornstalk putting this curse over the area that's really interesting yes i thought that was very interesting as well so the last theory which i feel like is a theory that we go over with every single episode and that is that it was just a giant elaborate hoax that made people hysterical and start making stories up mass hysteria yeah and so some people think that um it's just an elaborate hoax that caused widespread panic because There was no true physical evidence and still never is. There are no photos that even come close to showing Mothman anywhere. There are some ones that are clearly fake, but 
like there's nothing. There's not even like, you know, like the Bigfoot one where people, it's like super famous and people are like, that could be Bigfoot. There's nothing like that for the Mothman. Uh, no footprints besides the dust, but nobody collected that, so. Well, it was collected. <laughs> it was put safely into evidence. <laughs> and then take it out of it. And then, well, <laughs> no one quite knows what happened with mm-hmm. it then, but you know. Right, shift chains, change, I get it, I get it. But yeah, so there I have, are a lot of theories. I have a theory sure. that I think I've mentioned before, and I'm actually trying to find um, the episode in which we talked about it. Oh. Uh-oh. So I, I have a theory, and I think I mentioned this when we did our episode on shadow people, when you did oh, your episode okay. on shadow people, sure. and that is that the Mothman is one of these could be possibly mm. one of these shadow beings. That's right. Um, because they can take different forms and they can look like demons or they can look like animals right. or they can look like people. But they usually, some of them have those glowing eyes. Right, glowing red eyes. Mm-hmm. And they can be, you know, they can t- communicate with people, mm-hmm. some people think, mm-hmm. and then they can just stand there like and the look at man. you. Yeah. yeah. Think about that. And I don't know if any of them were necessarily omens, but I mean, I, I don't see why not. It yeah. seems the description of what I always thought of as Mothman, not necessarily what the... It's like a shadowy figure with giant wings and red eyes. Yes. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. I mean, that's just one... I mean, I know we've talked about uh, Shadow People. It was one of our previous episodes, and I don't know which one, because we're doing... This, this is, is one our of the 50th earlier ones. Yeah, this is our 50th episode, so dang. But yeah, uh, yeah, that's a good one, too. I didn't think about that. Or maybe, here's a theory, a person just, like, slept with the moth. I don't, I don't really want to acknowledge what you just said, so I think I'm going to move on, and I'm going to just say, um... Listen, you had to bring up shadow people again. We keep doing this to ourselves when we record, like, the latest, and it freaks me out, so I have to say something wild to get my head out of it. I can't. <laughs> um, uh, as I was going to apologize for the cat noises in the background, they get mm-hmm. awfully riled up when we're not paying attention to them in particular. Uh, I want to thank you guys for being, you know, faithful listeners or first-time listeners. Yes. This is our 50th episode. Yes, and in celebration, the next time the Mothman Festival occurs, we're all going to go. Everyone. It's the third week in, the third weekend of every September in downtown Point Pleasant, West Virginia. I want to tell you something about the Mothman Festival, actually. Oh, God, okay. So. If you slap the Mothman's butt, you get free ice cream? No. Oh, fun fact about the Mothman Festival. Uh, in September of 2019, uh, Senator Joe Manchin oh. tweeted uh, that a picture of him with mm-hmm. the Mothman statue in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. He's a West Virginia senator, in case you are unaware. I didn't know. Um, but he uh, wished the residents of Point Pleasant a happy Mothman Festival. And then President Donald Trump retweeted the photo with a caption saying, I go along with Joe. What does that mean? <laughs> and I'm not entirely sure. What does that mean? But I did find the tweet and the retweet, and I will be posting them along with our other stuff. I go along with Joe. Yeah, to see any of these wonderful, wonderful pictures, please check us out. Follow us. Message us. We would love to um, have a back and forth banter because right now it's me tweeting something on the podcast's account and then me retweeting something on my account. <laughs> <laughs> same, same. But same. yeah, check us out on Twitter and Instagram. 
And Facebook. We'll post pictures there. Facebook's just Bug and Rug. Instagram and Twitter at BIAR Podcast. You can email us any of your suggestions. Please, we'd love to keep going, so we're going to need some help because... We've had 50 ideas so far, and that's a lot. That's a lot, and even that some of them weren't our own, so... <laughs> Mothman was suggested by a lot of people yeah. over the last almost year that we've been doing this. Well, Mothman's, like, famous. He's a famous Krypton, like, around the globe now. Mm-hmm. Like, not even... West, Mr. Not West Virginia, not the United States, like... Mr. Worldwide. Mr. Worldwide. Uh, um, yeah, email us your suggestions. podcast at gmail.com. And, uh, bonus content there may or may not be a picture that exists of us with the mothman statue yes when we were in high school was i before? i don't even know if i was in high school you might have been in middle school because i just looked at the picture and boy howdy i think i was in middle school um but anyway yeah and then if you want to look at any of my resources or mine uh or whitney's yeah we'll attach them both um we will put them at um bugandarug.podbean.com that is our website so again we want to thank you guys for listening and hanging out with us Um, we hope you enjoyed the episode and that it doesn't necessarily keep you up at night other than with the thrill and possibly sexual tension that comes (laughs) along with sweet dreams are made made of of these Who am I to disagree? Mothman will come for me. <laughs> I don't know what the actual words are to that. Um, uh, seven C's, something about the seven C's. Yeah, same thing. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> so we hope that you still sleep as snug as a bug in a rug. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, thanks yeah. for supporting us yes in all of our endeavors okay no time to cry no time to cry <laughs> all right guys thanks again signing off i'm caitlin i'm whitney bye sleep tight